Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund, and you can learn more about that at masters.vc. I'd just like to stop and say this show is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. We are going to rip that opaque lid off conventional venture capital and show you how it works. And there you have it, folks. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Anne. What's on your mind this week? Well, in terms of ripping that opaque lid off, I propose that we delve into portfolio construction. I know it sounds very dull, but um, we're seeing some important trends on how VC is changing this year in 2020. But let me just start by saying We all know that the goal of all funds, all venture capital funds, is to make money for their LPs, the limited partners who are their investors, right? Everybody agrees Mm -hmm. on that. This Mm -hmm. This is what it is. That's why people invest in it. And yet, the Kaufman Foundation reported in October of 2018 like two years ago, that Mm -hmm. for many years, the majority of venture capital funds did not return a single dime to their investors. What's wrong with this picture? Yeah. Yeah. So in an earlier episode, here's hint number one, um, we talked about Elizabeth Yin's excellent analysis of why venture capital, uh, conventional venture capital is so fixated on unicorns that deliver 100x returns. And we can do a real quick recap. It goes like this. They invest in 10 companies. They know nine are going to fail. And they know eight of them are going to get killed. They're going to kill off. So that one has to pay for all the rest and make the returns to their investors. Did I get that mm-hmm. summed up pretty good? Was that the... Uh, pretty you know, good, the- except some some indicators that are that it's kind of a, like a larger set of numbers so you can get a little more granular. Let's say we had 100 uh, companies to look at. We say 80% will fail, 16% continue to operate, but don't return any capital to their funds, and 4% will carry the fund. So if you've invested in 26 companies, for example, uh, one will carry the fund. Yeah, which is, I don't know, I'm, I'm sorry, call me crazy, but I'm not satisfied with a one in 26 success ratio. That's so, pretty rough. Pretty yeah. Rough. My question for today is, what is a way for funds to invest that will serve both investors and the companies their funds invest in in better ways and make more sustainable companies and more prosperous economies because after all isn't that what we're here for absolutely and you and i you know go to town on that conversation all the time and it's why we make a you know structured equity investments at the master's fund that notwithstanding though i think you know i, I think you and i just before the show we were chatting and i was saying you know we've kind of covered our enthusiasm for that you know for a number of times on our show and anybody who wants to go back listen to our previous shows we'll cover it again Uh, we're big fans of structured equity. But that notwithstanding, let's talk about the fund compositions, right? Um, So this 
is about how funds decide which companies to invest in. You know, what is that overarching construction um, philosophy or strategy in a fund's portfolio? And that is an interesting topic. Um, so, and I think there are a couple of ways that we can just kind of knock off the top. Some of these are intuitive, right? Um, the multiple, right? As you say, all yeah. funds focused on seeking out uh, success, right, for the funds, your know, returns. In this case, the concept of venture capital is to seek out unicorns. That's the objects of the game. These are companies that can return 100 plus X, right? So beyond that, and usually the minimum they say is, you know, you got to prove to me you can make me a 10X, and then you got to give me a shot at the 100X. So, you know, it's kind of a rough way to look at it, but that is the idea. And so let's we, not overlook that billion dollar valuation, which makes Well, that's how you kind of get to that yeah. 100x, yeah, right? right? So yeah, we, we get there. And interestingly enough, though, even these billion dollar exits or close therein or over will yield in general things like threes and four X's to those uh, firms that put in the massive amount of capital closer to the end, right? And the dilution factor for those in the beginning often don't lead to those, you know, hundreds or 400 exits. Now, the ones that do, we read about. But if you think again, uh, I was just reading an article about talking about the big ones, you know, that recently came around in the last few years from things like, I don't know, Uber and uh, the earlier ones like Google and the later ones, you know, and so on. When you read about those things, the big names, consider how many companies have received some investment, whether from the seed or angel stage even, all the way through to that series D, E, F, whatever, you know, the mergers and acquisition stage, the IPO stage, and so on. Um, it's a massive amount of companies. Um, so again, you can understand why such a small percentage is likely to come out with a significant return. So we look at a couple of things, the multiple. Certainly they're looking for that shot at the moon, right? We get that. But beyond that, they tend to focus on things like sectors, right? Sometimes the focus is as broad as, oh, we invest in B2B or we just invest in B2C. And sometimes it's as specific as a B2B ARVR hardware or something like that, right? So it can be very tight or very narrow depending on the fund, usually also depending on the size of the fund and so on. But in general, if you get onto a venture capitalist website, they'll tell you kind of what their sweet spot is, what sectors they like to invest in. Uh, sometimes they'll say they're sector agnostic, right? So they're not tightly identified to a specific sector as the goal. Um, impact investing, for example, can be another, if you will, sector, right? It cannot be sector specific in terms of industry, but they have another goal. So impact investing, the idea is to improve on one or more, for example, social or environmental metrics. Well, um, that's interesting because we're talking about sectors. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about who makes impact investments. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good idea because we're seeing some significant trends towards the increase of impact investments. So what happened in 2017, 18, 19 that made 2020 see this inflection in more focus on impact investments? I'd say some of it was in the finance sector, some of it was in the VC sector, but with some of it, a lot of it even, was around the social, environmental, and uh, political pressures 
from the balance of the world, not just the United States, that turned an awful lot of capital to say, okay, we've got to start leaning in on some of these impact investments. There were folks like, I don't know, Looney Liebus right here in Seattle, for example, uh, who put together something called the Fledge Fund that was now seven, eight years ago already. And people told him how crazy and foolish she was and it wasn't possible to make money with it and so on. And he's doing quite well and expanding around the world. Uh, he lends capital, so it's venture debt. So he uh, worked with a different lending process or a uh, capitalization process, right? That's what we do again at the Master's Fund. We work with equity, but again, a different capitalization process. So we've seen the expansion of those kinds of things. But very early on, he focused on impact as a more sustainable process and saying that he could make with his structured exit, right, which meant that the debt would be repaid. Um, and I think it's always a 3x on his debts and so on. From the very earliest stage, he said, we can create a massive number of sustainable corporations in the impact space who are impacting the world in a positive way. Fascinating stuff. That was a long time ago. So, you know, the, uh, the GIN group, which is G-I-I-N, and you can find them at the G-I-N-N.org. They posted something called Impact Investing, What You Need to Know. Um, and can we put a link of, about this on our LinkedIn page? You bet. We Sounds certainly will. Good. Okay. So the, the title of this one is Who's Making Impact Investments? So this one is about both investors and entrepreneurs now, heads up. The impact investment has attracted a wide variety of investors um, over these past few years, and they're individuals and institutions. So fund managers development finance institutions, diversified financial institutions or banks, private foundations, there's no surprise there, pension funds, insurance companies, family offices, not necessarily a surprise there, individual investors, that would be intuitive, NGOs, and religious institutions. So some of those are a little bit surprising. Some of them, that would be normal. I think what I would like to say is that it sounds like impact investing is coming in from the cold. And yeah. after the break, because we have to take a break now for our sponsors, um, after the break, I want to talk about some of the uh, uh, really exciting figures we're seeing about impact investing returning higher ROI even under the conventional venture capital method. So we'll... Mm -hmm. We'll be right back on VC Confidential with more about impact investing and why it's good business and much more. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress. 
powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music as usual. And today we started out a conversation in the first segment about uh, how to build a portfolio and why that has those portfolios that conventional venture capital have built tend to really succeed only one in 26, which to us is unacceptable. And before the break, we also got to talking about some of the trends we're seeing in impact investing. So here is what I would like to announce. You know, we talked about who's doing impact investing, and it is a wide group of uh, various funding, traditional funding like pension funds and insurance companies and family offices, you know, just things that maybe you wouldn't have expected before. But here's let's put some numbers on this, Jillian, because, you know, we love our numbers and our yes, listeners. We love ourselves love a good stat. huh? <laughs> yeah, we love us. We love us some good stats. And these are good. Okay, we're talking about impact investing, and these are measuring only companies using conventional venture capital, which is what mm-hmm. we refer to as the uh, you know equity for investment that uh, is aimed at a sale or an IPO. Mm-hmm. Okay, here are the numbers. 67% of investors report earning risk-adjusted market rate returns, okay? Mm -hmm. 18% report earning close to market returns and 15% below market rates, uh, more close to capital preservation, which is sort of a 1x. By comparison, that same Kaufman Foundation report we mentioned earlier says that more than three-quarters of VC funds have not kept pace with public markets. Since 1997. Yeah, and they count those public markets as returning 3% per annum compounded. Well, it's right, better than a really savings. Low. It's um, better than a savings account, but not much. It's true, but that's a surprisingly low kind of uh, number to base the public markets on, right? You know, this is public equities. This is, by the way, a Forbes uh, uh, article, and let's put in a link to this one as well, so you can, of course, you know, take a look at that. Uh, they had taken a look to see whether or not impact investing really comes at a price, and then they report some fascinating stuff. Around Around it. Um, they have a graph in there that I think you'll find interesting if you go and look up this article at Forbes. Um, and it's around the generally accepted expectations around impact investing, saying that if you're doing traditional investment, finance only versus finance first with some impact, then impact first with some finance, and then finally traditional philanthropy, which is impact only, that's the way you'll find your, if you will, curve, downward uh, curve or or line of uh, returns. And it turns out that that is not so. So uh, as we look at those things, um, we want to think about 
what really goes on, right? And one of the fascinating reports uh, came out of MIT Sloan, uh, this ideas uh, that, that matter and so on, right? They have, and we'll put a link to this article, they have another article that talks about the connection between diversity and profit. So the diversity dividend, and I'm gonna read direct from this article, says, the evidence is clear Diversity significantly improves financial performance on measures such as profitable investments at the individual portfolio company level and overall fund returns. They are specifically talking about venture capital funds here. And even though the desire to associate with similar people, a tendency that academics call homophily, can bring social benefits to those who exhibit it, including a sense of shared culture and shared belonging, it can also lead investors and firms to leave a lot of money on the table. So Anne, you and I say this kind of thing over and over again. We invest in women-led diverse teams, not become it's, it's a socially correct thing to do or the conversation du jour, we do so because it brings outsized returns to the limited partners of the fund. Yeah, the financially responsible thing to do, not and only the socially responsible thing to do. And that's what makes it so exciting, right? It's sustainable. Yes, and more sustainable. As I started out this episode saying, what's wrong with this picture? It's <laughs> not sustainable. That <laughs> How is many correct. ways can I say that? It is not is sustainable. Well, we yeah. think of the billions, the tens of billions, the dozens of billions of dollars that got wasted in all the 25 companies that don't make it in a, you know, in, in the 96%. That yes. is um, not sustainable. You know, right. money not don't grow on trees. <laughs> That's so, right. And right. But it's so exciting when you get to the point where you say, yeah, it's not sustainable to do it in the old way. There really is not just a better way socially, but it is financially profitable. One can do well by doing good. And with that equation, it just changes so much from Milton Friedman's, you know, god awful treatise of 50 years ago to all that we look at today, this, this terrible focus on capital wealth only, right? Then we realize, holy cow, you can make more money by doing the right thing. Imagine that. Well, so that's we, a powerful statement. And, I'm so and we have some it. numbers around that. There's yes, yet another uh, uh, study, this one from Harvard, Harvard Business Review, uh, called Finally, Evidence That Diversity Improves Financial Performance. Okay, I'm going to read the quote because it's so powerful. How do the financial outcomes of homogeneous partnerships compare with those of diverse collaborations? The difference is dramatic. Along all dimensions measured, the more similar the investment partners, the lower their investments' performances. So, Anne, you're talking about what... What these guys actually at, at the Harvard Business Review are talking about is the composition of the fund managers. That is true. Right. That That's is true. General partners and limited partners with venture partner status, if you will. Right. Okay. okay so, go on. yeah. So, for example, success rate, the success rate of acquisitions and IPOs was 
11.5% lower on average for investments by partners with shared school backgrounds than by those by partners from different schools. The effect of shared ethnicity was even stronger, reducing an investment's comparative success rate by 26.4% to 32.2%. And I'd just like to pause for a moment and say, we have been talking a lot on this show in the last month or so about the importance of more diversity in funding to help uh, solve some of the massive issues that we have in the distribution of wealth in this country that will come back to bite us in mm -hmm. just barely 20 years if we don't solve it. And look, we're looking here that a diverse leadership team on the fund management, and that is true. Um, I was talking about fund managers, but I think it's a point that we really need to make. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. So um, we've We've covered a number of interesting pieces here around diversity, around uh, leadership teams themselves, how they are composed, around things that comprise a portfolio structure. Again, the focus is on things such as um, who uh, to invest in, what invest in. We didn't really talk about the stage, right? Some funds are what they would call sector agnostic. They talk about C, Series A, B, M&A phase, acquisitional, operational com uh, companies. Those are kind of, um, you know, PE work and so on. Many uh, funds will focus on location. And uh, location I always say the, the most foolish reason to invest in a company is its zip code. And yet we do this again and again. In some ways, though, it's, you know, I mean, it's hyperbole. I understand why some funds do that. There are, for example, sovereign wealth funds. They are chartered to fund companies in their own country or their own city or whatever that is. I get or, that. Or even their own state. I mean, we right. have, for instance, exactly. ben, ben Franklin Technology Partners here in um, in Pennsylvania because they are partly funded with, uh, uh, with state money. Mm -hmm. um, they they yeah. focus on Pennsylvania. The Oregon Angels is the same way. You know, right, right. But even here, the Puget Sound Venture Group, which is the oldest venture group by a long shot here in the Puget Sound area, and that's just an angel group, right? Um, they had just, they were individuals and they decided to support, you know, the next generation of companies. They also just fund locally, very locally. And their whole premise is we would like to support our region, our area, and to make it more prosperous. A noble goal. So yes, it can be, you know, a funny thing, but also I understand why the focus might be on location. And then finally, um, we got to this concept of leadership teams. Um, the homogeneity of leadership teams is costly. Um, and uh, I think, let's see, did we, yeah, and you pointed out that they, uh, su the success rate dropped by 26.4%. So that was just crazy when you, uh, when you think about that. In addition, when the leadership of the, uh, the decision makers in the funding organization itself are homogeneous, that's when it drops again. So for so many reasons, we are seeing some trends and changes in that sector. Women are getting more funding. Diverse teams are getting more funding, but even more exciting, they're getting it because more funds are being launched with diverse team members. 
Indeed. And I think we better take a break. I think we must. This is VC Confidential, and we'll be right back to tie up all the loose ends from these thoughts. (laughs) More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. This is Ann Kennedy. I'm here with Jillian Music, and we are talking about how diversity is improving uh, fund management and fund uh, results, fund ROI. And we kind of started out talking about just uh, how uh, funds construct their portfolios, but, you know, there really seems to be, uh, it's with these impressive numbers that we came came up with um, in various sources that will be on our LinkedIn page from MIT and Harvard Business Review and Forbes that document uh, all of this. The, there's still some remaining questions about the uh, how the uh, what what goes into or what should be going into um, really 21st century 2020 uh, portfolio uh, construction in a fund. But before we do that, I just wanted to throw one more thing into um, the diversity. A few more numbers because, as we say, we do love us some good statistics. Okay. What effect does the composition of a VC group have on the ROI of the fund? Well, you want to take that that quote? I think it's a wonderful quote. Near and dear to your heart. <laughs> it is. Um, so in this particular case, it uh, the article from uh, Harvard uh, says, venture capital firms that increase their proportion of female partner hires by 10% saw an average 
a 1.5% spike in overall fund returns each year and had a 9.7% more profitable exits. An impressive figure giving that only 28.8% of all VC investments from firms that are reporting profits have a profitable exit. Yep. So with so many firms not reporting profits, those that do, they get a 28.8% of VC investments have some kind of profitable exit. That does not necessarily mean they've had, you know, 3x, 10x, 100x, and so on. It just means that they've had a profitable exit. Nevertheless, they're seeing significant increases in exits and profitable ones. Yeah. Now, as we look at that, and we got to ask, causation or correlation? That's always a tough one. Um, and I really don't have a good answer for that. I think it's a little bit early, but we are seeing so many uh more uh, diverse leadership in funds, uh, both racially diverse and gender diverse. And we're also seeing, oh, I can think of 50 off the top of my head that um, uh, firms launched by women and particularly uh, millennial aged women. I know because yes. when I talk to them, they're usually bouncing a baby on their knee, <laughs> which has been a while since you and I did that. <laughs> That's right. And we certainly did. Um, so, so yes. what do you think? Causation th or correlation? Well, at the moment, we see correlative evidence. But when you have sufficient amounts of correlative evidence, even if you can't identify the causation, you have to start suspecting it. And I do think that some of the articles we're about to share here on LinkedIn, folks should really check in on it. Some of them actually uh, posit that it is causation and they're able to identify why decision making is more robust, how it works, and so on. What I would say is that it is also correlative in that the VC firms themselves are looking not just at numbers, uh, but responding to social pressures uh, to expand their investment thesis, to expand the uh, variety of teams. So with it being in the forefront of their mind, you remember how uh, you and I talk about VCs literally scratching the back of their heads mm -hmm. and saying, yeah. I don't know, it's a good deal, it's this, it's that, but I don't know. There's just something. They are literally scratching the medulla, in other words, the subconscious brain that's saying, stay with your own kind, stay with your own kind, stay with your own kind. Or as this uh, article pointed out, it's called homophily, this comfort with people who are like ourselves. Now, again, we know that it is vestigial behavior. We've talked about that. I always say it's, you know, the humanoid has to cozy up to the humanoids, not to the saber-toothed tiger or it doesn't last long. We know that it goes across all mammals. We can do that again and again and again. However, if we look at those things and we say, what would happen if we consciously in the cerebral cortex overrode that um, initial knee-jerk reaction to only fund folks who like ourselves, then the answer would be that you would see more profits. And nobody expected that one. The answer should be, oh, and we would see, see a more egalitarian world, perhaps. We would see, uh, you know, different problems being solved. But nobody back five, six years ago would have said, oh, if we do that, we'll see more money. And yet, here we are. There it is. Exactly. Here it is. And I think um, 
it's possible to ask the question, is this just short term or is it long term systemic change? I'm going with long term systemic. You know, yes. I, th I think this is uh, a curl on the wave that is a big wave. And there there's um, we did a lot of uh, episodes uh, in the old podcast in CEO Coach about uh, why uh, diverse teams make more resilient organizations. But you know what? Um, now they've got the numbers to back it up. It's not theory anymore. And yes. I am sad to say that that is a wrap for this episode of VC Confidential. <laughs> Uh, Jillian, I think we put this one to bed and we are, we'll, I'm sure we'll have more to say about it another time. But me. Yeah, the conversation was just getting interesting. That's right. <laughs> anyway, and we will continue it. Um, I would agree with you. This is not just a bump in the road. Uh, I think we have turned an interesting corner in the structure of funds and how fund management groups are formed. And also, um, we're building networks of diverse fund managers and uh, mm -hmm. gender diverse and racially diverse fund managers. And you know, there is strength in working together. Right. So, and there is no going back. No going this, back. Yes. This Can't Pandora's box this has been open and it is full of money. Okay. So <laughs> we would like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who agreed to take a chance on this new show, VC Confidential, now in its 21st episode. Uh, you could listen to all our podcasts right here on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you like to get your podcasts. You will find all of our CEO Coach podcasts there as well. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.